Welcome back to the Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast. Uh, I'm Mike Sullivan alongside Chris Davis. We got a bunch of stuff to bring to you today. Um, obviously, the draft started already. Um, so much to talk about. We'll go through the draft recap. We'll do Bruins draft picks. We'll talk about free agency starting on July 1st. Already some crazy rumors um, hitting Twitter and, and elsewhere. And then panic button for Bruins fans. I think out of every fan base right now, the Bruins fans are going nuts on Twitter, myself included. Yeah, it's just mass panic. I, I, I actually just got off Twitter and I'm like, my God, this whole group needs therapy. Everybody's everybody's losing it, dude. Everybody yeah, I mean, is losing their mind. Rightfully so. I mean, the, the reports that are coming out, I mean, we'll get we'll get into it more, but some of the reports that are coming out are pretty discouraging, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, so let's start with um let's start with the draft. So obviously, as everybody expected, Carnival Bedard goes number one, uh, Chicago. But Leo Carlson number two to the Ducks. Was that a little bit of a surprise to you? Yeah, I mean, I had Fantilli slotted in there uh, for the yep. Ducks. Um, and I, to be honest, yeah, I was a little surprised. I mean, I like Leo Carlson a lot. He's a bigger body, um, can put the puck in the net. But I just thought Fantilli was the be- is, is the better prospect. Um, and I think Columbus got a really good one, man. They're, they're stacking up on uh, Michigan players right now. Dude, so. dude, oh, my God. Columbus in the next few years? If they can, if they can hammer it down and and do everything right, they got Kent Johnson. Now they got Fantilli. They have um, that other kid from Michigan too. Who who am I blanking on? Well, Johnny Hockey for Johnny. One. Yeah, Johnny Goudreau is there. Patrick Laine, Zach Rowenski, David Juracek. I mean, they have a lot yes. coming up. They're they're going to be a problem. Not necessarily this year, but definitely years to come. They're going to be Co- going to be a problem. Coached by the one and only John Tortorella. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, I think and and you saw there was I don't know if you saw it. Torts is in the uh, is in Philly. Oh my god, I meant Philly, not Columbus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. Although Philly did Philly had a great draft too. Yes, I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking in terms of Michkov. Michkov yeah, might have to deal I'm with Torts. I brought that up because what a great fit. I think. Like, oh my god! At this point, if you're Philly, why not take a chance? Well, like uh, I said, the upside that you could get from a player like Mitchkov, and he in his interview yesterday was saying he wants to come over right away. Like if he right. has his way, he's going to be coming over this year. Right now, right. the logistics with that KHL and over there in Russia, I don't know if that's going to work out or yeah. what the process looks like. But I mean, if you add a player like Mitchkov to your lineup. I mean, and they're already – they really don't have to rush for him anyways. I mean, after trading Kevin Hayes, Ivan Provorov, it kind of seems like, I mean, definitely they're in a rebuild. So they really shouldn't be in any rush to, you know, get him over here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, love that pick. They also got um, Oliver Bonk, who I had as one of the top defensemen in this draft. And, and honestly, I love the pick. Yeah. Uh, I saw Brett um, on Twitter yesterday saying he had saw him you know a handful of times play and that he was a really good defenseman moved the puck well um so i think he's going to be a really good fit in philly too yeah i mean i'm just kind of reading his his uh you know scouting description right now rare this is from um elite prospects michkov rare triple threat winger he's a constant threat to find the back of the net puck skills are near the top of the draft um owing to immense creativity 
hip pocket handling, dexterous hands, and a never say die attitude. With the attitude too, you could tell with a lot of teams they didn't they they were wary of him, but it was probably because he was just like, no, like I just straight up like I don't I don't want to play here. So like don't even bother picking me. I mean, honestly, and like we said, we brought it up last week. It was a very similar situation to our Yarmir Yager. Like, yes, he made it. He made it clear teams he wasn't going to play for, and it seems like from what they were saying last night, um, that be Elliot Friedman, that there was an instant connection when he met with Philly with Danny Briere. Yeah, um, and you got to think that's probably part of with Danny Briere having so much NHL experience. I mean. I can see why it's such a good fit for them. Um, and sitting there at, I believe it was six. Yes. Um, I, I think that was a steal. Um, I was a little surprised that Montreal passed on him at five. Um, Actually, it was seven. It was seven. Sorry, seven. Yeah. Um, you know, and when I saw, obviously, Will Smith, went, I knew Will Smith wasn't going to get outside the top four. Mm-hmm. Um, loved that pick for San Jose. And then, obviously, the next pick, Montreal grabbing. Uh, David Reinbacher, yeah, Gary Price, man. I know, and but you know, you know what? I saw him catching so much, so much flack on social media, and it's just, I, you know, he's a human too, man. You know, right? And I, and I just think about it. If I were to get up in front of all those people and try to pronounce a name like David Reinbacher, yeah, like I don't know, I I felt really bad for him. Like people were roasting him on social media, and I just had that like human like. I felt for him because you could tell he yes. was super, super embarrassed. Yes, dude. Felt- like, like you were saying, like secondhand embarrassment. Like yeah. I was, I felt so bad for him. You know, and people, people are on social media saying, "Oh my god, well, what a terrible look for Reinbacher. He must be pissed." The kid just got drafted in the NHL, man. I, I, to be honest, he probably gives two shits whether Carey Price said his own name. Like, <laughs> right, like, you know. He just got drafted in the NHL, and people are – I don't think he gives a shit. Like, Well, not only did he just get drafted into the NHL, he got, he just got drafted by one of the premier teams in the NHL. He just got drafted by the Montreal Canadiens. Like, yeah. it, it, pronounce my name right or wrong, I'm going to be excited either way. Yeah. Like, um, was watching the draft with my dad. We, Man, we this is like a tradition going on like probably 10 to 15 years now where we watch yeah. it every year. Big Habs fan, like diehard Habs fan. No and, way. <laughs> really? Yeah. Your dad's a Habs fan? Yeah. Uh oh, shit. You know, we always give each other shit like pretty much every day. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh man, they 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 announced Reinbacher's name and I thought he was gonna have a fucking aneurysm. Yeah. Because he's like another defenseman. And I'm like, I'm like, Dad, you gotta look at it this way. Like he's, <laughs> you guys are loaded at defense. Yes. I went down the line of their prospects who haven't even like played yet. Lane Hudson. Yep. Logan Mayu. Yeah. Ryan Bacher. Uh Wi-Fi they still have. Yeah. Gordon Harris. Like they are gonna be a problem. And it was a solid pick. And and instantly I thought when they were talking about Reinbacher being like a you know, at six two being a stay at home defenseman, I instantly thought about him pairing up with Lane Hudson. As soon yep. as Hudson leaves BU, that's going to be a problem for the Bruins, especially like, I mean, they're solidifying that decor um, and they're building obviously from the bat, you know, the back end out, right, which right. I think is going to prove to be successful for that team. I mean, if you, even if you look at their lineup right now, they're, they're obviously 
they're probably the worst team in the Atlantic. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd probably agree. Yeah, I would agree at this point. Uh, and and even even with them being the worst in the Atlantic, their lineup isn't awful. Like they have Suzuki first line center, Caulfield on the wing, Kirby Doc on the wing, Hoffman, Dvorak, Anderson, Brennan Gallagher, Jake Evans, Joel Armia, and now they have Newhook, New Monahan, and Garyanov. Like it's not not a terrible team. Well, so Newhook being a BC kid, I watched him a couple times, and I think with Newhook, not that he was buried in Colorado, but you're playing on a loaded Colorado team, so I don't think he necessarily got the attention um, that. What's well, good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she filling up your wine. Yeah, <laughs> but um, no, one hundred percent, dude. Like yeah. Newhook, Newhook, and Monahan. Together, that's not bad. Their third line also, Armia, Gallagher, Evans, not terrible. And Dvorak is very underrated too. Yeah, I agree. I love that new hook trade. Um, yes. A lot of people were – because realistically, were you going to get a player as good as Newhook at the end of that first round? Probably no. not. Right. Um, and Newhook's going to play right away. So I, I love that trade for them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think as far – and going back to what you said about them being the worst team in the Atlantic, the Atlantic division is loaded. Right, right. That was going to be my next point too. Doesn't say much. Like they're they're still not there yet. Um, but the Atlantic Division is loaded. So I mean, loaded. And it's going to be for. I mean, the Bruins very well could be on the wrong side of things next year, or even yeah. this year. We'll see. Yeah. No. Literally. I mean, you look at the teams that missed out. You know, this season. You look at a team like Buffalo. Um, Buffalo's only getting better. You look at a team like Ottawa. Ottawa's only getting better. Florida is probably going to have a better regular season this upcoming season than they did last year. Uh, you got Tampa. Tampa's still good. Yeah. And then us, like the Bruins, like who knows? I mean, the Bruins are just kind of up for, I mean, it's, yeah, it's anyone's it, guess. So t- before we get into the Bruins um, tobacco, I'll call yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, a perfect word. Um, you know, <laughs> Buffalo, man. I think they might have gotten the steal of the draft, drafting Zach Benson at 13. Yep. yep. And he and that and I thought that was falling for him. Mm-hmm. You know, there there were a couple players that, you know, once once he slid past um eight at Washington, and then yes. I saw um Nate Danielson going to to Detroit. I just I was like, oh no, like he very well could fall. And then you saw um Vancouver or Sorry, St. Louis go after Dvorsky. They snagged him. Um, I, yeah, St. Louis grabbed Dvorsky. Vancouver yep. snagged uh, Willander, who's a big defenseman. Um, Arizona grabbed Daniil Boot. Yeah. Forward. Um, and then obviously, I think I think Buffalo hit hit the, hit the jackpot. Yeah, I. You know what's weird, and okay. I, I I know you know a little bit more about these prospects than I do. But I hadn't heard too much about Simashev before Arizona took him. I'm pretty sure they took him at what five, four or five. Well, so he was, he was six, six. Yeah, and yeah, honestly, when I saw that pick, I, I to my own fault, I just go, "Yep, typical Arizona." Like, right. <laughs> right, right, right. This is this is such an Arizona pick, but. Honestly, then then you look at like his body of work, 6'4", 201. I mean, he's a big stay-at-home defenseman. Um and, and I mean I I didn't hate the pick, 
obviously mm-hmm. he was ranked super like low. He was yeah. not projected at all to go right. that far up. Right. But uh, Coyote Scouts saw something in him. I mean, you're right, though. I had the same reaction as you did. Like, of course, like, this is Arizona taking yeah. this guy. Like, I, I just, like, and I'm sure he's not a, like you said, 6'4", big body defenseman. Like, definitely a good player. Yeah. But it's just, it seemed like such an off-the-board pick when there were when there were obvious other guys who were safe safer picks, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, Arizona being at the draft, they were all color-coordinated. They looked really cute, and. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, they're all wearing the same suit. I'm like, what is happening, dude? Like, yeah, get the fuck out of there. Like typical Arizona. I don't know. It could work out for them, but I just thought there were better picks out there. Um, yeah. Now, do you want do you want to kind of dive into some Bruins picks right now? Yeah, we can. Um, definitely. I we have all the uh all their picks up. Yeah, uh, we can just go in order. Um, yeah. So so the Bruins they had the. 92nd overall pick, the 124th overall pick, 188th, 214th, and then 220th. So no first or second round picks this year for the team. Um, obviously, they weren't able to trade up. There were rumors that they were looking at Pittsburgh, maybe, to move up to that 14th pick. Maybe Allmark would have been a part of that, but obviously nothing happened. So they waited until the third round to make their first pick. And that first pick was Christopher Pelosi. What did you think about that one? Honestly, when I first saw it, um, I was convinced that with the way that this organization is set up and the way that Don Sweeney works, I was absolutely convinced that they were going to take Knubel, um mm. from Notre Dame. I And I was ready for it. I was, when I saw Pelosi, I didn't know a whole lot about him. Um, yeah. Obviously, 6'2", 185. He's from Sewell, New Jersey. And he put up pretty good numbers. Um, he played for the Janesville Jets um, and the Sioux Falls Stampede last year for the Janesville Jets. 24 games, 10 goals, 7 assists for 17 points. And then with his time in Sioux Falls, played 43 games with 13 goals, 6 assists, um, 19 points. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, decent numbers, I'd say. He is committed to Quinnipiac. Yeah. Um, so it'll be good to have like a local kid, I guess. We'll be able yeah. to, you know, watch him closely and see how he develop develops. But I don't hate the pick. I mean, he was project. There were a lot better projected players. Yeah. Um, and I saw, you know, going on Bruins Twitter, obviously. <laughs> so yeah. There was an outroar, and it's just. I mean, it, it's not always. Obviously, the Bruins scouts saw something. Um, right. So you got to just kind of trust that, you know, they know what they're doing. Well, I, I think it, it was uh, Ty Anderson who tweeted out a pretty good point. And I I, I don't have the tweet for Batum in front of me, but um, so don't quote me exactly. But it was something along the lines of all the people complaining about the Bruins passing up on these, you know, higher ranked prospects. They're not thinking about all the other GMs who are also passing up on these guys, too. So yeah. they're just hammering down on the fact that Don Sweeney's passing. now. His elite, so yeah, Chris Pelosi, his elite hockey prospects page, he was ranked 127 by NHL Central Scouting. Bruins took him at 92. Honestly, at that point of the draft, that's really not that big of a reach. Like, if the Bruins saw something in him, then 
and and they saw something, you know, obviously in Pelosi more than other people, they're going to just take the chance anyways. It's, a th- it's the third round. You kind of take chances that that deep into the draft anyways. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Bruins need centers. So he's a 6'2", 185-pound center. Like you said, going to Quinnipiac next year. Um, his His scouting report says that he's a nightmare around the net. Combining shooting skill, hand-eye coordination, and overwhelming physicality, he wins body positioning to free a stick for chances as defenders desperately reach in. And that's kind of, I mean, if you're looking at a Bruins hockey kind of player, third-round player, maybe, obviously, I don't think they're looking at him to be a top-six guy in the future. Maybe a bottom-six kind of guy, bigger body, play center, and just kind of throw his body around and, and create havoc around the net. I mean, why not? That's That's a Bruins-type player right there. Yeah, and, you know, I look at it, I think this is definitely a depth pick. The end is near, we all know, with Bergeron, Krejci. They have to. It, it is. Like, that's the reality of it. They had yeah. to draft centers, and you saw how many centers they drafted this draft. Um, so I'm actually glad that they decided to fucking draft centers, I guess. It's like... Yeah. I mean their first their first three picks were all centers. Yeah, we don't expect these kids to come in right away. I mean, there's gonna be that developing and luckily he's right at Quinnipiac, so be able to watch him watch him a yeah. little closer and yeah, I, I don't hate the pick. I saw yeah. like I said, the the uproar with Bees fans. It's like you don't even know anything about this kid. Like I can guarantee you before today you didn't even know a goddamn thing about this no. player. How about you no. how about you pump the brakes? Do some research and let the kid develop. He's an 18, 17, 18 year old kid. Right. It's gonna be okay. He's not gonna play on the team this year. So right, right. None of the none of the players that were drafted this year for the Bruins aren't they're not gonna sniff the lineup, let alone probably not sniff Providence either. Hey, um last year probably will be in the lineup with the exception of maybe no. I I actually no. (laughs) Who who are you gonna say? Who are you gonna say? I was thinking of um (laughs) Low ride, but that was two years ago. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, the only like, one that's that's even close in my mind. Like maybe the closest is like Patra from last year. Yeah, I, but I, I don't think know. so. I don't know. I don't think so. But I don't need. Yeah, I like I said. I think Low Rye is the closest. And you know, if you know anything about like the draft or anything, it takes time for these kids. Very oh, rarely yeah. is a kid gonna just jump in. Like the Connor Bedards of the world are so rare where they're just going to jump into the lineup and be productive. Like it, right. it just, it doesn't happen a whole lot. Um, and even this draft, I'd say there's probably only a handful that are actually going to, you know, be on the team day one. Maybe. I mean, Adam Fantilli, I think he might, I don't know about Leo Carlson. Um, I think So I think Fantilli from what I've heard is going to be going back to school. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think okay. Michigan, Man, after losing that, they want to run it back. I mean, yeah. they're going to be a loaded team this again this year. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> I think they want to run it back, and like I said, I could see definitely see him and the vast majority of those Michigan players returning to school and and yeah. trying again. I mean, if you have a chance for a national championship like that, and you can really just, I mean, hone up your skills a little bit more, let the Blue Jackets figure out their roster a little bit, take that year off, go back to college, rip it up at school, and then go to the NHL. Play more more hockey, get more ice time. I mean, the Blue Jackets aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Right. right. So they can can wait and 
I think it'll, you know, it'll be, it'll benefit Fantilli and the Blue Jackets in the end. Yeah. So the next pick for the Bruins, uh, it was the fourth round, 124, another center, 6'2, 174, Beckett Hendrickson. Uh, he was playing for the USHL. He had 16 points in 21 games. Um, anything, anything about this player you want to yeah. talk about? So, when I I did my research um, immediately after, and they just said he's a he's a pure playmaker. Yep. Um, you know, and and I'm gonna read the uh, elite prospects. Um, Hendrickson exhibits a combination of passing skill and lane creation in all three zones. He hooks pucks around sticks, slips them under, and sauces them over sticks with no windup, even off the backhand. But he doesn't just take it open lanes. He creates them with multiple layers of deception. He slows down and angles away from his eventual target, baiting the defender. So, I mean, like, from what I'm reading, he's a, he's just a pure playmaker. Um, mm-hmm. statistic, statistics in the U.S. Uh, national development, 52 games, um, 13 goals, 21 assists for 34 points, and 20 penalty minutes. And he was a plus 12 during that season. Um, committed to University of Minnesota. So, I mean, he's going to be playing, a, you know, high-level hockey. Um, yeah. Obviously, Minnesota's a freaking wagon. So, I mean, yeah. we're going to get to see a lot of him. So, I'm, I'm excited. That, I, I love that pick, honestly. And I, I was actually surprised that he didn't go where Pelosi went because he could have yes. easily – where he was rated, um, I think that was a great value pick for the Bruins. Yeah, no, I think so too. And like you said, I was surprised that he fell that deep. But – if you're so, this is kind of a good year to really start to follow college hockey. If you're a Bruins fan and you you maybe in the past haven't really followed college hockey that much, but with the draft picks that this team has right now, I mean, there's a lot of guys going back to school. Like we said, um, obviously with the the first pick, Pelosi, he's going back to Quinnipiac. Like you just said, this uh, Hendrickson, he's going back to Minnesota. Correct. Correct. Yep. And then this next guy that the Bruins took as well, Ryan Walsh. Um, uh, another center, 181 pounds, six, one, he was taken 188 overall and he is going to play at Cornell this season, this, this year in the USHL though. I mean, he, he played, uh, for the yeah. Cedar Rapids Rough Riders, 61 games. Yeah, absolutely tore it up, dude. 61 games, 30 points, 49 assists for 79 total points. Um, and I want to see something really quick. I can't find it right now, but I, I can't find his uh, scouting report. But I mean, obviously, this is a good little sneaky pick. And like we said, if you want to keep tabs on these guys, he's going to be playing at Cornell. So yeah. watch court. So watch some Cornell games. Yeah, dude. And, and like I said, is the USHL the OHL or the WHL or no? Absolutely not. I mean, clearly. We would be naive to say that there isn't a different comp- difference in competition. Right. But it's still a goddamn high level of hockey. Like for him to put up those kind of numbers, that's a great value pick for the Bruins. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, give him time to develop. Um, Cornell is still, I don't know much about their team, but I obviously Division One. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll be excited to see what he does at the college level. Unreal numbers, though. I was like, shocked when i you know i saw the name as soon as they picked and i went and looked i'm like oh my he ripped it up yeah um so i'm excited about about uh walsh well like you said too it's like 
they're going to be compared to these guys who play in the Canadian junior leagues, right? Like the OHL, the QMJHL, um, the WHL. But obviously that level of hockey is a little bit higher. But when you see these guys going into from the USHL over to NCAA, and if they're that if that skill is able to translate from the USHL to the NCAA as well, then you got to hit because the NCAA has gotten so much better over, I would say, maybe the past 10 to 20 years. Just the talent and the yeah. development of players down there has gotten infinitely better. Yeah, it's unreal. I mean, and you're going to see this this next season coming up. Yeah. Um, the amount of talent that the NCAA, uh, NCAA has. Just looking at BC, man, they're going to have yes. that, that one line from the uh, National Development Program. Yes. Smith, Gabe Perot, and Ryan Leonard. All, like, oh all going to be a line at BC. And not to mention, they BC still has Cutter Gauthier. Right. <laughs> who went fifth overall to the Flyers last year. So yes. they're going to be an absolute wagon. Like, college hockey to me is so fun to watch. Oh. The amount of talent. I mean, you look – in. For me, even we went to the Frozen Fenway, and I didn't even know UConn was a good team. And we we got to watch um, Wood, yes, UConn, who just got drafted by Nashville. And it ju- it just goes to show that these programs are up and coming. Even a school oh, yeah. like UConn, who is not a hockey school, never has been, but they are up and coming. And yeah, NCAA hockey is is so fun to watch, dude. It's it's I I've over the past couple of seasons. I've gotten so into college hockey. Like Tage, yeah. Tage Thompson was a UConn guy too. He was yeah, a UConn I, guy and he ripped it up. Man, I was convinced that Wood was going to the to Buffalo because of that UConn connection. That would have been cool. And so last year, little sidebar story. Mm-hmm. We uh, so Emma's best friend is an athletic trainer at UMass Amherst. Okay. And we got to go watch uh, UMass Amherst and. Uh, BC at UMass Amherst and I'm standing next to this guy and and honestly like so they sell booze like at the bottom like near the Zamboni like on yeah. the opposite side and so I'm just sitting here like gassing beers with this random dude like talking <laughs> about hockey have no freaking clue who this who this guy is but he knows his shit like he you know he's just, just sounds like a regular hockey fan I thought he whatever we were drink. We probably had like four beers each by the time like the second period. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude walks away, and I walk back to the group I was with, and Emma's Emma's best friend goes, "Do you know who you were just talking to?" I go, "No, not a clue." <laughs> that was Kale McCarr's dad. Yeah, that's nuts. Because he, he was there watching Taylor McCarr, who is obviously at UMass right now playing. Yeah. He's, he's a forward at UMass. So I was like, no fucking way. I'm, I'm glad you didn't say anything because I would have definitely hit the panic button. And- yeah, you just <laughs> absolutely shit your pants. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> some dumb shit. Like, yeah, man, it, it's just crazy. Just the environment, like the, the student sections, like just electric atmosphere. And oh I re- honestly, I can't recommend college games enough. If you have the opportunity to go catch a college game, these kids are so passionate about the game and it's yep. just, it's such good hockey, you know, yeah. it, it's phenomenal hockey. Well, not so, so not only um, are, are like the, the college kids passionate about the game, right? Because it's all just competitive. They just want to win for each other. Like it's very obvious because in, 
I so f- for me personally, like I do not like the NBA. That's just a me thing, you know. Whatever. Yeah. But, but I love college basketball because you can tell with those kids, they literally care. All they want to do is win for their team, win for their school, win for each other, and you can tell the passion. You know, you you can just you feel it, and it's the same with college hockey. And like, they don't care about where they're going to get drafted. They don't care about, you know, what their future in hockey is. All they want to do is win right now. And they want to play for whatever school they're representing and the, and the teammates that are on their team with them. Like right now I'm reading, I'm reading, um, it's, it's a, it's a book by Micah Ruzioni and it's making of a miracle. And it's, it's all about him and how he grew up in Winthrop, Massachusetts how he ended up playing for um, for BU and and um, and obviously the program over there, and you can tell how much college hockey just means to those kids who play it. Yeah. So I've just grown to appreciate the NCAA and and those programs that much more over the past yeah. couple of years, and it's awesome. Yeah, and just even during this draft, listening to. Just as soon as these kids get drafted, it's it's just such a different tone. And for example, when Fantilli got drafted, I don't know if you saw his vest. Yeah, he, he had all the names of everyone who contributed to his success along the way. It just goes to show how humble these kids are, like, and right. how grateful they are for the opportunity. They don't give a shit where they're getting drafted. They're just blessed to get drafted. You yeah. know what I mean? And and that's why I love you know, college hockey so much. I love just, you know, the junior programs and it just, it was unbelievable to see Fantilli with, you know, every single name. That was such a, such a nice touch. Yeah. It was awesome. And, and yeah. like you said, it, I, this, this is going off a little bit. It's going yeah. off the rails a little bit, but like you said, like how, how these guys are so humble, like you, like what you said with Fantilli, with the guys on his, on his jacket paying, you know, um, respects to everybody who's helped him get to where he is. Yeah. This is so random, but with Shane Wright last season when he shot that look at like the Montreal bench, do you think that was a little bit of like a, uh, like a, I don't know, like a, like a, a show of his ego a little bit? I honestly, and I don't know. It's hard to say because when you watch the tape, yeah. like obviously when you watch the tape, it's it's clear as day. Like oh my, it's it's so hard for me to tell, dude. Like. Yeah. He obviously came out right after and he had said that like no, I was just looking over there. And right. and I kind of like there's a lot going on when you're walking up to the stage, you see the commissioner, you see all the like obviously I, I know nothing about that. But I can <laughs> just imagine right. like there's probably a lot going through your head like I I don't know. And I, I don't know him well enough to I, I don't know. It it definitely looked like it dude like that. Yeah. That like death stare. Um I don't know, and and it kind of makes me question now, especially with him being involved with like a bunch of rumors and stuff being traded. Right. It kind of makes me wonder, like, you know, what kind of person he is. Yeah. Um. And obviously, like I said, I don't want to assume anything. I I don't know him. Um. But it, it makes you wonder for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. For sure. Especially with Seattle too, with Maddie Beneers coming up and having the success that he has. Maybe they're looking to kind of give him a little bit of a new landscape and get something for him maybe in, in, in other aspects that they need to kind of, you know, fill up. And actually I, you know, I'll, we'll bring it up later when we get to the rumors and free agency. Uh, he, Shane Wright is a name to keep in mind too. Uh, yeah. Potentially for the Bruins. 
Yeah. But we'll, we'll get into that after. Yeah. So, so let's keep, let's finish up with this draft for the Bruins. So, um, let's see. So do, do, do their 214th pick seventh round Their their first pick of the seventh round, um, was Casper Nosen. Um, a, he's a winger from Sweden, six four two oh five. He's a big boy. Yeah, he's, um, a big boy. he's a big boy, dude. Um, I mean, 40 points in 48 games with, um, I, I can't pronounce it. It's a Sweden team, but he's, he's going to Miami university of Ohio next season to play a little bit. So again, speaking of college hockey, that's a team to keep tabs on just to kind of watch. Yep. But, um, definitely, I mean, he was ranked, I want to see, he was ranked 138 by NHL central scouting. B's going to be 214. So it could be a good, fit, good pick for the Bruins. Yeah, right winger. Um, we are a little low on right wingers. Obviously, we have DeBrus playing his off wing. Um, so right. it's nice to get like a pure right shot right winger. Um, pick, I, again, I think this is another value pick. He's big boy, like you said. Um, he played on, looks like, three different teams just in 2022-23. Yeah. Um, play, play, you know, played a lot of hockey. Um, Looks like he was the captain of his team too in 2019, which is um, some leadership. Yeah, some leadership qualities. Um, and then, like you said, he's going to be heading over to uh, Miami of Ohio, so we'll keep an eye on that. Another yeah. another good program. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and I like how all these guys are going over to college hockey. It'll be easy for us fans to kind of keep tabs on these guys and actually watch them play. I agree. I love it, and and it's. Has it's not like super recent, but you're starting to see a lot of these players stay in school as well. Yeah. Um. You know, Lane Hudson, who I think we're going off on a tangent, bringing up these like prospects. But he, <laughs> he's one that comes to mind immediately that I think he could play at the NHL level immediately. I mm-hmm. think he could step in for the Canadians and make an impact immediately. And he decided to go back to school, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Uh, give him another year to develop another year of playing high level college hockey. And um, yeah, I, I think it's just so awesome to see these kids choosing to go to college and getting that experience, that camaraderie. Um, yeah. Cause there's nothing like it. Right. I mean, it's, it's ultimately it's up to these kids anyways, if they're in school and they want to finish school, let them finish school. Like if they're not ready for the NHL, would you rather have them, you know, go stew in the AHL for a little bit? Or yeah. would you rather have them go back to college, rip it up, have a great time, and keep that morale up where they're like, yeah. all right, like I'm still nasty, like I'm ready to go. Yeah, and you know, I uh the other name I, I was trying to think, uh Cutter Gautier too, going yes. back to DC. Yep. Give him a chance to maybe compete for a national championship. Philly is absolute dog shit right now. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> like, it is, it's true. Like, it's I mean, true. What, what is he gonna go there and friggin' like it's just gonna be a you know I don't let him go back to school, let him play, let him be with his friends, let him play right. high level college hockey. He's going to rip it up again with those three kids going there. Yeah. And if he's ready next year or the year after, then great. Like, like as a GM, would you rather have that kid come in, play on a crappy NHL team and, and kind of get his morale shot down? Or would you rather have him go back to college, rip it up, have something to actually play for AKA a national championship and and keep that level of intensity up. Yeah, you know, going, you know what I mean. The, yeah, going back to the Philly thing, you just dealt 
Kevin Hayes, who was an awesome locker room guy that could have been a good mentor to a player like Gautier. No, let him go back to school. I mean, there's going to be no – it's it's going to be a, a morale crusher to have him go be in a – they're going to be tanking next year anyways, clearly. Right. I mean, right. you just dealt pro like Provorov, Kevin Hayes. Like, they had a great draft. I'll give them that much. But why would you why would you sign him just to have his, like, morale crushed? It, right. Let him go back to school. Right. And you've seen that so many times where a team kind of – prematurely brings up one of their prospects he comes up and he he does all right but but there's something missing and it ends up kind of just ruining his ceiling and his morale is crushed his 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 intensity is lessened and then you end up seeing him on the block and that's how careers kind of get ruined right and and going back to what we talked about earlier in in this episode there it's very rare that you see a player get drafted and make a direct impact immediately right Connor mcdavid is one of those players yes Connor bedard is probably going to be one of those players like kale mccarr kale mccarr it it just doesn't happen a lot i can count on every year i can count on one hand how many players are going to make an impact for their team right just the way it is and sometimes it's zero some some years it's zero exactly yeah so yeah let's get into this last prospect uh christian kostadinsky yes sir (laughs) So, so this this another wanna... good boy, man. Six five, two fourteen. Yeah, that shot defenseman. I man, I I love you know. They went double Swedes, which I guess with Lindholm being there, that that's that's cool. Um, maybe maybe a good mentor to them. Yeah, uh, I mean, left shot demon are needed on this team too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're gonna see one or two shipped off here soon. Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, honestly, dude, I I don't know anymore. I have no, I don't know what to expect, but we'll get into that. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get into we, that. Yeah, this this pick, um, this is another another value pick. Yeah. Um, he put up decent numbers. He's a defensive defenseman. Um, his looks like forty three games for Frolanda HC. Yeah. Looks like a a U twenty team, so he's playing above his age uh, his age level. Two goals, eight assists, uh, ten points. Had sixty nine penalty minutes. Nice, nice. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So he looks like a bruiser. Well, dude. Not only that, but so we got him at two twenty. Um, FC Hockey had him ranked at one eighty eight. Um, Draft Prospects Hockey had him at one ninety eight. But then NHL Central Scouting had him ranked at sixty two. Wow. So there, there is some upside to his game. Yeah. Um, big guy back end left shot defenseman. I mean, that's a guy to kind of keep your eye on. Unlike everybody else, he's not going to the NCAA next year, but, but he will be playing in the EU. So yeah, it's, you know, these defensive defense, uh, defenseman picks, they're not sexy picks per se, but you're going to need them. Um, a lot of these teams that are successful have those like brute defensive defensemen. First one that comes to mind is like a Luke Shen type. Like you need those those kind of defensemen that are stay at home, they're safe, they you know they make the right plays and they you know they're just shut down. So you need the you need those kind of defensemen in your lineup. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you, it's it. People, I think people tend to forget that there are roles in hockey, right? There are roles to play. There's offensive defensemen, and then there's stay at home defensemen. There's there's you know playmaking forwards who are relied on to produce. 
There's goal scoring forwards who are rely on to obviously score goals. And then there's grinded out type of players who just want, you know, who, who, who tire out the opponents. It's it, you, you can't just have like a lineup of pure goal scorers or pure playmakers. Like you need to have different aspects of your team and, and different aspects in your lineup. It can't all be absolutely. the same. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Yeah. So let's see here. So obviously we just ran through um, all the Bruins draft picks for this season. Honestly, honestly, a pretty decent draft from what it looks like and and kind of diving into these players. It's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, for not making any moves and kind of just staying where they were. I mean, I, I think these are depth moves. I mean, hopefully if you can get one or even two to pan out, I think that's a win for this organization. Um, Yeah. They're value picks and I, after reading about all of them, I, I'm a fan. Um, so we'll see how they develop. Um, obviously, they need to play more hockey, and um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So obviously, um, on Saturday, the NHL free agency opens. So there's July 1st. I think it's noon, right? At noon. Correct. Um, it, it all opens up. Yeah. So there's going to be some names that get shipped around. Um, obviously, with the Bruins. Um, it, reports say that all the UFAs are not being signed, aka Bertuzzi, Orlov, Hathaway. Um, so they should be hitting the free agent market. Some other big names out there as well. It's going to be a crazy Saturday. It's going to be an insane Saturday. Yeah, I mean, usually when I log on to Bruins Twitter, I take things with a grain of salt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, this time around, man, I, I really am hitting the panic button. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm extremely concerned that they didn't even bring back like or two. I don't know. He would have been my top priority. And now that he's going to hit the open market, I would be shocked if he got anything less than seven mil a year. Right. I'd be right. shocked. And that's on like the low end. As yeah. soon as you, you, there are going to be teams that reach and that overpay. It always happens in free agency every single year. And the fact that you let him walk, and you're letting him hit test free agency, he's gone. Like yeah. you already know that you're not going to be able to pay him anywhere close to seven mil a year. Right, right. You, I you, think, you simply, you just do not have the money to do you that. Don't and you don't. Like, I think of a couple teams that are going to swoop in. A team like Florida, man. I know. If I'm Florida, I would offer the the his style of play. It's so similar to like how that team runs yep. and, and their schemes and ha- having Kachuk. He is like a dream come true for that team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I would offer, I'd easily offer him seven, seven and a half. Can you Easy. imagine just as a Bruins fan, the way that the season ended at the hands of Florida and then the, your number one priority or so you thought was your number one priority heading into the off season yeah. goes to the exact same team that crushed your hearts. I, I would dude, die. Bruins Twitter would explode. Like, yes, I, I was, you know, I kind of accepted the fact that Orlov wasn't coming back. I knew that. And I think everyone knew that when the trade was made, like mm-hmm. I at least knew like, okay, there, there's a pretty good chance this dude is here just for this cup run. And then, He's gonna he's gonna go probably back to Washington if I had yes. to guess. Yes. But at least Bertuzzi, like I, I just can't sit here and, and understand why 
I'll be curious to see what like what happens and what the rationale was for not extending him prior, you know, before July first. Yeah. Whether it was the years they didn't agree on the annual value, like I, I don't know. I, I'd be curious to see what the um, disconnect was between them. But I mean, for, for a team that's looks like they're going into a rebuild, he would have been my top priority. Yes. So, like, 100%. what happens if you lose? You lose Bertuzzi, then Bergeron and Krejci decide that they're not coming back. Like, what? What are you doing? You're fucked. You're done. <laughs> That's what you are. Pick next year is what competing in that Atlantic Division. You are gunning for a top five pick next year. Right. If you were in another division, if you were in the Metro, you might be able to sneak in. But but you're talking about a, a division with Tampa, Florida, eventually. Um, Buffalo, fucking. But, but you know what's crazy is this news of Lucic coming back. Got, right. Got all these Bruins fans all riled up and, and pumped up and, but like missed the small detail of like, oh yeah, but by the way, we're not bringing back any of our, uh, <laughs> we're not bringing back any of our trade deadline acquisitions. And right, exactly. I, and like, it's like... I can live with Orlov not coming back. I kind of knew. This Bertuzzi one, if they let him walk, I think it's going to be a huge mistake for this organization. Well, also with the fact that they traded Taylor Hall. So with the like when I, I think I think initially when Taylor Hall was traded and that news broke, the initial reaction was like, "Oh, okay, sick. That means that they're a shoe in to re-sign Bertuzzi." Right. And then all of a sudden, it's like, no, they're still not planning on doing that. It's like, yeah, what is the, what is they, the game plan? I get they have to free up cap space, right? They have right. so many roster spots that they have to fill. I mean, they're losing a lot. So they're going to have to sign depth players at low, low money. Yeah. But, like, again, man, like, so you're trading all these assets to what? Bring in subpar, like, roster players at low contracts. A Lucic yeah. for 900000 like like, you know. I just can't understand the organization and, and I think them going all in, I had no problem with that. They had to do it. Yeah. For, you know, for one of Berkey's last year's crazy, you know, tail end of his career, they had to do it. Yeah. And I think Sweeney made the right move doing all this, but you're now seeing the second and third order effects on what going all in does. If it doesn't yes. come out. Yes. Like we are in deep dog shit. Yes, like what Don Sweeney did at the trade deadline is what everybody was asking for him to do. Yep, but, but what what everybody doesn't want to deal with is the repercussions of doing that, which is what we're seeing right now. And and Joe Haggerty earlier today, he tweeted out the Bruins GM Don Sweeney makes it pretty clear he doesn't expect to sign Vertuzzi, Orlov, or Hathaway ahead of July one unless the Bruins execute another salary cap saving trade says they have enough to sign RFAs, Trent Frederick, and Jeremy Swayman and add some bargain-type free agents. So those bargain-type free agents, I think it's – I mean, Twitter kind of let everybody know. Lucic is coming back. Um, What the money is, we don't know for sure yet, but I think it's pretty set in stone that he's coming back. And and whether that's to play a – an actual vital role in this team or to be kind of that extra forward that's still yet to be seen. Um, but having Trent Frederick and Swayman back is it's, it's okay. In my mind, I think it's good. You can keep Frederick and Swayman for sure. 
But I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. So let me ask you this. With rumors coming up today about Swayman potentially being involved in a deal to Winnipeg and bringing in Mark Shifley, how do you feel about that? I, When I first saw it, man, I, I don't know. I think it just it adds that I don't know what direction this team is going because you bring again now. So now you're bringing in a player like Mark Shifley, who is a good. He's very very good center, a good leader. So are we now competing for like what are we doing here? I, I don't understand because if we were competing, why would you not have re-signed Tyler Bertuzzi to to begin with? Right. So I think I, just that aspect of like having no idea what direction they're going in. I I don't want to trade Swayman. Dude, I don't either. I don't. It, it's just, <laughs> again, he's younger. It's going to be cheaper money than Allmark, I think. Yep. And I think he was more reliable last year. Like, yeah. Like, than Allmark? Come playoff time. Well, All, Allmark lost me in the playoffs, man. Fair. Like, injury aside, like, he just he lost me. Like, I... He became expendable at that point. After the after the first series, he became expendable in my mind. It's he, just he, like, he started off as an untouchable piece to this to this core group. To the, that performance, injury or not, I get injuries are a part of the game, but he became in my mind, he became ex- expendable at that point. Yeah, it's 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 so weird because you're right because. I don't have a good sense of what direction this team is going in. Like if you're going to sign Lucic, okay. Why? I, I, I like, I, I don't necessarily understand like why. nostalgia at this point. Right. Like, and and I, like again, what, for what, like, right. What are we, what are you bringing him in for? I get, he has exceptional leadership. He's an icon to the city. He's an absolute legend to this team 12 years ago. Right. He's not the same kind of player like, at all. The game has evolved. The game is much quicker. You saw that with Florida, how fast and how physical they are. I get the physical aspect of Lucic's game, but the game is, is a lot faster now than it was in 2011. Yes. And you see yeah. that when his time in Calgary, dude. He he just he's lost a step and then that comes with eight like with age and and the way that he plays too, just just his style of playing, like yeah, your, your body's gonna break down. Yeah, I I just I don't know. Going back to it, I don't know what direction they're taking, and the fact that they haven't made any. And and I get they're not gonna dump cap that easy, because you know a lot of the when I go on Twitter and everything, well, why don't we just dump Forbert? Well, why don't we just dump Mike Riley? A team has to want them. Like you can't right. just. Like a team has to want those players, and like, no offense, but like, what value does for that amount of money? What value does Mike Riley bring you? He doesn't. Right. That's the short answer in my mind. That's my opinion. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I, I just can't see a team throwing themselves at at the Bruins, being like, "I need Mike Riley on my team," no, or "I need not. Derek Forbert." I think Derek Forbert's a solid third pair, but with the cap only going up three mil and most teams are in a cap crunch. I'm not bringing in a player like Derek Forbert for like, I'm just not for that. kind right. of money. I honestly think, I think Mike Riley might be in your top six next season. 
for the Bruins. I he think might he have, might be in your top. He six. might have to be, dude. Right. Like again, it's so hard to speculate what direction. I think come Saturday, um, as we start seeing players get signed and we see players go to other, like I think we'll get a better idea. Um, but right now, I mean, the draft was really quiet, no deals. I was convinced there was going to be at least one of the goalies traded. Yes, um, I thought so too. I was convinced. And once I saw the report of potentially Swayman to Winnipeg, I was like, okay, like it makes sense for both teams. Like Winnipeg's obviously going into a rebuild. Yep, they're like, losing the buck. Like it yep. makes sense. And then for us, we need a number one center. So, but when when it didn't happen, I I can understand the frustration of Bruins fans for sure. I don't think that the front office wants to lose Swayman. I don't think they want. I think if they had to choose between the two, I think they would rather lose Allmark and then sign Swayman. I agree. But, but now that it's now that nothing has happened, I I think more more right now than I had thought in the beginning of this in the off season. I think they might roll Allmark and Swayman again and, and and sign Frederick and Swayman and then sign a bunch of cheap veterans and just hope for the best. I think yeah. that's their game plan, honestly. Yeah, and, and I think I, – I agree with you. I think all, um, Swayman is the priority to them. Like yes. He's younger. He's going to be cheaper money. And with with the cap pretty much staying – I mean, it only went up, what, a million? Yep. I mean, who wants to bring in – a Injury concerns for Allmark. I mean, we still don't even know what he what was injured. I like, I don't think right. we've gotten exact confirmation. Like, what teams are going to take a risk on? Yes, he had a Vesna winning season. He had a great year. But if I'm a, another team's GM, like, I would I would definitely have concerns, especially if I'm going to be paying him that kind of money. Is he so, reliable? Is he like? I would rather Swayman. Yeah, with with Swayman being an RFA. What would you give him as a contract? I could see. So I've, I've seen all different numbers from. Mm-hmm. If I, if I had to guess, I would see him getting something between four and five mil a year. Really? I think, I think four is the number. Um. I'd be shocked if he got less than that. If they can get him on less than four mil a year for say four years plus, mm-hmm. I think that's a steal. That's a steal of a deal for for number one goalie on most teams. I'm thinking almost they that they offer him a bridge deal, right? Like maybe two years. Do you think he three mil. do you think he'd want a bridge deal though? Like what does he have to what does he need a bridge deal for? I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. In mind. If they were to go, if and obviously I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but like if I'm Swayman and they come to me and say, a pro, like a prove it bridge deal, what do I have to? What is there to prove? What didn't I just prove to you last year? True. What, what is it that you're wanting me to prove to you last year? Maybe, maybe just playing devil's advocate. Maybe more starts. Maybe like maybe put up like fifty to sixty starts, but, but then, let, but let then if you have Allmark, then no. But so, say Allmark goes on another tear again, right? And he starts ripping it up, and Swayman isn't getting as many starts. He's not getting those fifty, sixty starts, right? What, exactly. What's the bridge deal for? Exactly. They're they're in such a 
Yeah, it's such a, they're in such a weird spot, dude. It makes no sense. They're not in a rebuild. It right. doesn't seem like they're in a retool. Right. Like I just I don't know, and I and I know it's probably Sweeney is probably staying put for a reason for now. Yes. Yeah. Kind of just seeing what, because you know, day one of free agency, man, there are some lucrative deals that like you're going. Yeah. This guy got this much, and I can understand why he's probably being patient with it. Um, because he, he, I mean, they have to be conservative with where they're sending their money. Like they do have to fill out a roster. Yeah. So it's, it's just, bizarre. Because yeah. you're like, if you if you're looking at the Bruins, you know, as a front, like they just came off a 65 win season. Your number one and number two centers are both on the verge of retirement, and you don't know what their choice is yet. Um. You just signed David Pasternak to eight years, 11 and a half mil. You got Jake DeBrusque. You got Brad Marchand at six mil. He's he's getting up there too. And outside of that, I mean, obviously on the back end, you got McAvoy and Lindholm. And then goaltending is also kind of a question mark too. It's like, I, I don't, <laughs> I honestly don't know if Don Sweeney even knows what the direction of this team is right now. Honestly. To, to look at it from this perspective, they're not in a terrible spot. And the reason why I say that, they have a top five to ten player in the league, Pasta, locked up. They have a top five to ten defenseman locked up in McAvoy and Lindholm. I think they're in a good spot. I mean, they just have to make some small – and I think the cap not going up really fucked them over Mm -hmm. and fucked a lot of teams over. I mean, you saw a lot of deals today where – Good, solid players were given up for future considerations, aka a friggin' bag of pucks. Right. So, to to be at to yeah to be to like fit the cap and uh, like Yamamoto got traded. Like he's a top six forward and he got dealt for nothing just because Edmonton is gonna be, is in cap trouble too. And Costin too. Costin's yeah. no joke either. Josh Bailey, same thing. Yes. Josh Bailey got dealt to Chicago, and he eventually got bought out, so he's gonna be <laughs> an unrestricted free agent. Right. But yeah, you see these teams that are really affected by, by this cap situation. I I don't know I don't know what to what to think of it. I can understand the frustration of Bruins fans that they're not being you know being super aggressive with trades or, or re-signing. But I think there's a reason for it, and I think they want to be conservative with with where they're putting their money, and they have to be. I mean, they still have other roster spots that they they have to fill an entire roster. Right. So now, now thinking about that though, so obviously, I, I mean, I, I, it goes without saying, but the Bruins next season are going to have to, uh, you know, in, in integrate youth into their lineup. Guys like Jacob Lauko, um, guys maybe like McLaughlin, Merkulov, Beecher, maybe. Who, who are some guys who are like who you're looking at to really, really step into the lineup next year? In my mind, they should be doing this anyways. Right. If they were, even if they weren't in this situation that they're in now, I think that they have they have to incorporate these young guys. They have they, like they have no other choice. Right. You know, like you're going to be losing a lot of these players. Like Marshan's getting up there. You know, um, Bergie, Krejci, some players that I would love to see. I would love to see Lauko in the lineup every night. Me too. Every single night. Whether he's playing on a third line with like Coil or, or even having Freddie center, I would love to see Lauko in the lineup every night. He yeah. brought he brought an energy to that team. I mean, 
four, whether it's on the four check. I remember he had a fight last year that, and then he's pumping up the crowd. We talked about it last year. I just love his passion, and yeah. I think he can. I think he can really help this team in the bottom six. Well, me, me, and Nick um, on last episode of the Something's Brewing podcast, we said the exact same thing yeah. with Lauco. It's like whenever he's in the lineup, it's like you kick your car into like third or fourth gear. Like he's that energy guy. You throw him out there and and he's drawing penalties. He's hitting guys. He's going balls to the wall every shift. Like, so what if he's not producing, I don't know, 40 to 50 points? Like we like we mentioned earlier, there's roles on a team. Yeah. It's not just all production. If he can be that energy guy on the team, and he's damn good at it too, let him yeah. do that. His, his ability to shift momentum was – it happened multiple times last year where I where I clearly noticed where he would make a big hit, he would drop the mitts, he would get a good scoring opportunity, and immediately the momentum would shift in the Bruins' favor. And it was noticeable too. Yeah, you could, you, exactly. you saw it right away. You're like, oh, that's Lauko, like a hundred percent. Exactly. Um, other player like I like McLaughlin, man. Like me too. He. For, for his time that he he has spent with the Bruins and, and being in the lineup, I thought he played really well. I mean, I don't think – it's hard to tell, like, what they're – I'd have to see what other players they bring in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to see him get ice time, like we mentioned, Lauko. Um, other than that, like, Beecher, too. Like, this, the Be- Beecher is starting to seem like a Freddy situation where yes. <laughs> he's yeah. now getting buried in Providence. He's becoming, like – they want him to become like a grinder, like power for it. And he is. He's a big body, but like Freddie, Freddie, when he got drafted, he wasn't a fighter. Like if right. you remember, he was not considered like a fighter or that game was developed when he was buried in Providence, yeah. in my mind. And and I'm starting to get the same vibe from Beecher too. And I'd like to see him get some ice time in the NHL. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are the three guys, McLaughlin, Beecher, and uh Lauko. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. If if that see that's the thing. So if if this Lucic thing ends up happening on Saturday, which is like a 99% guarantee, does that mean he's blocking guys like Lauko, like Merkulov, like McLaughlin from getting I, NHL ice time? I don't think so because I also think that's why they're kind of holding off on making moves. Yes. Because what's wrong with a, a Lucic third line with a Lauko playing with Lucic or right. McLaughlin for like playing with a McLaughlin, having a leader like Lucic to mentor and help Lauko or McLaughlin or any of these young guys on a fourth line. That's I would, that's a win for us. Yes. Like uh, see, and this is why I'm not as against Lucic signing as a lot of other people are. Because you know he's not going to be playing a top six role. If he is, then you legitimately have a a, a red alert problem. But if he's playing in the bottom six, hopefully the fourth line, and if he's playing alongside guys like Beecher, McLaughlin, Lauko, uh, Greer, name it, it's it's gonna help those younger guys. So my question is though, bringing in Lucic, you can look at it from both both perspectives right so are you now starting like a rebuild retool where you want Lucic involved with the mentoring of these young players or do you still think Lucic is going to be productive and you're gunning for a cup again like which which direction are you that that we have to see what what other moves they decide to make because it could go either way 
It could. I, it's it's so it's so weird because I think they're still in a state of contention. I don't think they're going to be a number one seed. I don't think they're going to be even second in the division. Maybe if they're lucky, they could be third. But but you, you look at these teams: Florida, Tampa. I'm going to keep saying Buffalo because I think Buffalo is nasty. Toronto. Oh yeah, Toronto. That's who I kept forgetting. Toronto. Um, so, you're you're so- you're you're directly competing with these teams. Like you have to find a way to keep up with them. You think they compete with these teams with a, a one and two C of Zaka and Coyle? No, 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 so, <laughs> no. Like, you're Ottawa. I, I, if that's, I, I, if that's I, the case, you're Ottawa. I do it. Even Ottawa is, might be, might be <laughs> right. Like right now on paper. I'm taking with Bergeron, not being re-signed, Krejci not being re-signed. On paper, it's obvious Ottawa's a better team right now. Yes. Right now. Yes. I mean, I mean, obviously, I hope, like, Bertuzzi, I hope they make some moves, but they might be the, the worst team in this division right now. I mean, it's early. <laughs> free agency hasn't even begun. But on paper, like, it's yeah. rough. No, you're not wrong. It does not look good right now. But, but at the same time, I do trust – in the youth that we have, I do trust in Don Sweeney to, to make some of the right moves. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I fully trust Sweeney, honestly. Yes. And I think he, he has given us no reason to not believe in him. Right. He right. put that team last year in a perfect position to win and to gun for a Stanley cup. Yep. And it, I think he is the last person to blame for, for the shit show of a playoff run that they have. If it wasn't for the Mitchell Miller signing, he would have won GM of the year. I I was actually just going to kind of get into that. (laughs) Seeing um, that he didn't win GM of the year, that was the first thing that popped into my mind, dude. Like, I saw a tweet from from our boy Brett said the same thing. Like, did did he really not just win GM of the year? Yeah. How, what, what other... I would be curious, and honestly, I'll probably go on Twitter after and and try to get some insight from other people what they think. What you just they just had the greatest season in NHL history. What other Ever. reason besides the Mitchell Miller signing would there be for him not to win GM of the year? There, I, there's I nothing think, in my mind. No, I think that was literally the reason why he. And didn't it's win. solely based on regular season performance, right? Right. Playoffs are not taken into account at that point correct how can you sit there and tell me that is, is it jim no jim nil jim nil and, yeah, uh, Dallas. how can you sit there and say that he was a better gm than don sweeney chris i don't even know I, anything I, that I, he did <laughs> i don't even yeah, know honestly he probably saw that he won he was like really <laughs> i don't even have a speech prepared i don't know what i'm gonna say <laughs> like i i just yeah i I think that's the only rationale, the the Mitchell yes. Miller signing. And I don't think Bettman is going to do anything or he doesn't want to be put in a shitty spot, especially for the NHL, where I think if Sweeney, if Sweeney were to win GM of the year, I think that definitely would have gotten brought back up. Yeah. Not, yeah, not that it should be buried at all or, but it is something that happened. I, yeah. Like that's just the reality of it. That's that's the thing too. Us us saying that that's the only reason he didn't win the GM of the Year award doesn't mean that we're saying it was stupid. We're saying yeah, we're saying that's the main reason. And and 
it was a it was a terrible decision by yes. the ownership yeah. group to even do that. Let me clarify. Yeah. I actually am happy that he did not win GM of the year. Really? I think when, when I when I now think about Miller, what happened and how many people fair. Like I, I think That's it's fair. bigger it's bigger than hockey. You know what I mean? Like yeah. yes, this it's, is it, it's a it's an honor for it would have been an honor for Sweeney, but some things are bigger than awards and, yes. and bigger than like what he did there was just no why like you There's knew no what reason. was happening you knew you knew the baggage that this kid came with you knew the outroar that was going to happen when you signed this kid he, this kid you, is never going to play in the nhl and you also went against your own leadership you, exactly you went and against your own you leadership right. and you decided anyways and you know what i mean it's a part that's a part of being a general manager. Yes. When you when you sit there and say general manager of the year, there are these decisions that are that have to be made, and he made the wrong one in this. And I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't hate that he didn't win it because I think it, it's fair. And I yeah, yeah I, I don't disagree with it. Yeah, you know what? Congrats, Jim Nil. Um, yeah, congratulations, Jimmy. Con- congrats on just being a decent human and not even considering signing Mitchell yeah. Miller. So yeah, I mean, and, and Dallas, Dallas, to not take anything away from them, they had a great season too. I mean, yeah. they they have a really special group over there. Um, I think they're going to be a great team next year too. Yeah, I mean, they got a great young group: uh, Rupe Hans, Robertson, Ottinger's a friggin' stud too. Bu yeah. kid. Um, they're, they're a good team. So I, not to take anything away from them, but I thought it was just worthy to bring up the, uh, you know, the decision. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and honestly, it makes sense. Um, once that happened, I think it was a nail in the coffin for Sweeney. He wasn't going to win that award. Like you, you just don't do something like that. It's, it goes against everything that the organization, the players, the league itself, everything that they stand for. The kid wasn't even, he wasn't even eligible to play in the NHL. Yeah. So what, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, why to, even to, think about it? Yeah. To reiterate, some things are bigger than hockey. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and this is just one of those moral decisions that just why the, what was, what was the need for it? You, this kid wasn't even eligible to play. Like you said, um, just no need for it. And, and I think that that's what ultimately cost him that award and rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully so. You're right. Um, but hey, man. With with that being said, I think we covered uh, we covered the draft. We covered Bruins draft picks. We covered uh, you know some free agency. The free agency, you know, July first is coming up this Saturday. Um, a lot of moves are going to be made, right? You know, noon on Saturday, and then had a little bees talk at the end there too. So, yeah, man. I think yeah. I think this is a good show. You got anything else? I'm excited for next week. Hopefully there's a ton of moves um, yes. that we will be able to go through. Hopefully the bees uh, make something happen, man. And, and, you know, all Bruins, uh, Bruins Twitter can get off their, uh, <laughs> yeah. Get off their yeah, dude, hopefully the, at least by that time, hopefully everybody at least has a direction that we can all. Understand yeah. And, and honestly, if, if I had to guess, I think, I think we'll have a better idea next week of uh, what direction this team's going to be going in. Um, yeah yeah hopefully it's it's the right one so yeah man so we'll see but um anyways as always um this was the second episode of the drop the mitts hockey podcast 
brought to you in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. Uh, you can follow Chris on Twitter at ChrisJDavis11. And you can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. So, yeah, next uh, next week we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about. And hopefully, you know, at least in the Bruins aspect, there's a little bit of direction. So. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your vacation. Um, Thanks. Yeah, you're getting a nice tan going. I know, I know, yeah, dude. I'm starting yeah. to burn up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe time to give the liver a little break. And, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see you Thursday, bud. Yeah, mix in a water. <laughs> <laughs> see you, man. All right, see you, bud.